All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out of pocket costs no deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. This is the Wally and Mathot Show, powered by Barhaven Ford. Now here are your hosts, Brent Wallace and Mark Mathot. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the show. I'm Brent Wallace. He's Mark Mathot. And this is our fourth Wham! Live show, and it's brought to you by, as always, Barhaven Ford. Check out their new lineup of Roush-inspired BFC custom vehicles at barhavenford.com, or, of course, stop in at 555 Dealership Drive in Barhaven. Also, later in the show, we have a contest coming up from Barhaven Ford about giving away free sense tickets. Stick around for that. As always, we invite you to stick into the YouTube chat comments, all kinds of questions you have. And today we're going to make Craig work a little harder in the back as he monitors the chat, because we're going to have you ask some questions for our guest, mm. Elliot Freeman. He's on the show today. Uh, we'll call him the incomparable because that's what I wrote. But really, he's just a <laughs> legend, an award-winning journalist <laughs> from sports. And of course, uh, his highly popular 31 Thoughts, which I think he called 33 Thoughts this week. So I don't know if he's tired or what's going on with 33 Thoughts. Uh, he promised me he wouldn't cut his hair until... After this show, um, it has become a whole entire, it's like a living thing into itself. So uh, we're going to see what that looks like. And of course, the interview is always quenched by whitewaterbeer.ca. Get 15% off your order at shopwhitewater.ca. Use the Wally Mathot coupon code. Uh, Whitewater Beer, brewed by friends, for friends. And I'm proud to call him our friend. Welcome to the show, the legend, uh, the big guy, Elliot Freeman, my friend. How are you? Not bad, not bad at all. You know, I, I do have to say, one thing about Brent and our history. So, you know, we became friends not long after we first met each other and I was at uh, Brent's wedding. And, you know, at the wedding, he said to me, he goes, Elliot, I just want you to know, I'm really happy you're here. But before I met you, I really hated you. 
Like I watched you on TV and I thought your personality was smarmy and egocentric. I really hated you. And I said to him, wait a sec, you're telling me this? Like this is this is what I'm getting from you. But you know, I have to say, uh, I have always loved my friendship over the years with Brent Wallace. He tells me the truth, whether I want to hear it or not. And you always need friends like that. <laughs> this interview's over. <laughs> <laughs> this Kate, I, I, this is 2004 because it's our wedding reception. It's in Ottawa. We got married yeah. in Mexico. We came back, and uh, James Sabolski has been a good friend of ours, both my wife and myself. And so we're at the reception, and all of a sudden, I look over and see James, and next to him is Elliot. And I'm like, I didn't even know he was invited. He just showed yeah, up. So, sure. so I do remember that day. I'll never forget. I'm like, Elliot Friedman's here. Why is and so anyway, we've uh, we've been very good friends. I've enjoyed uh, many a conversations with you about lots of different stuff. And by the way, I gotta say, you and Mark, you guys, this is a great podcast. Like you got you guys have done. I know a lot of people around the league who listen. I know a lot of people on our work with me at Sportsnet listen and will often shoot notes about some of the things we hear. Like you guys have done a great job with this thing. And I'm here to ruin it. So let's go. <laughs> Thanks, Elliot. It's all on meth, by the way. Whatever <laughs> meth wants to do, we just do it. And that's how I, the show makes it. I do absolutely nothing. I come <laughs> on here, I talk a bunch of BS, and Wally does all the prep. So I got to give props to, to Wally. Not that we're doing this here for the entire show. I'm sure at one point we're going to want to move on here. But I want to make it very clear to everybody watching, Wally does almost everything. And I just come in and smile. Okay, well, I have a story about that too. So, Mark, like that in our business, as Brent knows, that's the way it goes. You're there for your, the people you know and your expertise and insight into the games. And people like me and Brent, who have no friends and no expertise into the <laughs> games, we have to find other ways to make ourselves valuable. So, there was one night uh, on Hockey Night in Canada when it was still at the CBC. The panel, the, the, the hot stove that night was me and Eric Francis and Mike Milbury. So every week, uh, our producer, Brian Spear, would say, Eric, what do you have? And he'd say, Elliot, what do you have? And then he'd say, Mike, what do you have? And he'd go, I'll just talk about what these guys are talking about. <laughs> and this continued for about three or four weeks. And finally, Milbury said, look, you guys have to understand the way this works. And I knew this. I was okay with it. But he got tired of answering the questions. He said, you guys have to understand how this works. Eric and Elliot, they are the chefs. They prepare the meal. They cook the meal, and me, Mike Milbury, I eat the meal. And that's the way this segment works. So I look at you, Brent, he cooks the meal, he prepares the meal, and your job is to eat the meal. So I guess That's fair. 100%. I like that. 100%. And you know what? You, you're giving me a little more confidence. I feel a little less worse about it now. And obviously, Wally's going to hate you for that, and you're probably going to get a couple texts from him afterwards. But anyway, Don't I appreciate I'm, I'm that, used, I'm used to hate texts from Brent. Like, it doesn't <laughs> This is not true. It's just a couple about the way you dress, but we'll get to that after. Um, I feel like a cooking with meth episode is coming up here shortly. Uh, Hmm. One of the things, can, can we just get the hair out of the way first? Like, yeah. what in God's earth is going on here? Have they not told you to brush it once? I love it, by the way. <laughs> you know, uh, when I when I first started at uh, Sportsnet, the hair's always been a little bit out of control, never like as long as it was <laughs> this year. But, um, you know, one of the things they said was no spiked hair. So every time I would come on the show, they would like someone there would uh, comb my hair. One of the makeup people, Hillary or Leanne, 
and they were great at it. And then eventually they hired a, a hair cutter, like a hot stylist to come in and do everybody. But it was mainly because of me, because my hair was so bad. <laughs> and this year, um, I actually did say that it got to a point where I'd be driving and Mark, you've had long hair. So when it's windy out, you know, you'd have your window down in the summer, the spring, and it would blow all over my face and I'd hate it. But the problem was you couldn't technically get a haircut, right? And yep. so Sportsnet was like, we don't want you doing anything illegal. And I wasn't getting a Floby or trusting my wife to do it. So, because uh, so my wife did my son's hair and I'm like, you're not doing that to me. <laughs> and uh and so we just decided to wait. And, and as you know, Brent, like this year, because it's been a tough year with the beard last season and, the, and some of the suits and the hair now, I just wanted to make people laugh. Like it's been a hard year. And, um, yeah. you know, one, one of the things we, we have a new social uh, insurance, uh, so, social insurance, we have a new social engagement uh, person, Danny Garcia. And one of the things Danny talks about is engagement with your followers and what, what, what she said to us was, um, if you just like things, it goes a long way. So the, the, the people on Twitter and on Instagram, they were having a hilarious time with it. And I was liking a lot of their tweets or posts. <laughs> and they, they would write back and say like, oh, you made my day. Or, yeah, you know, my yeah. parents can't believe you just liked my tweet or my friends can't believe it. And I think if you do something like that, you know, it's just, it makes the fans feel like they're part of your show. And I, 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 th I see big value in that. So that's what it's all about. I'm getting a cut this week. I agree completely. Like you can be engaged. It's all you, but can you not comb it? Like why, why couldn't you brush it or put like hairspray in it? I don't understand. Uh, I don't understand how some boss didn't come to you and went, Elliot, this is a disaster of epic proportions and you need to fix this. <laughs> uh you know what i think the problem is it's that uh it's it's that in the humidity and things like that there's no control over it like when i got down to tampa or montreal and i'd walk to the rink from the hotel like you you couldn't there's nothing you could do about it it just had a mind of its own it's like medusa i do appreciate the fact that you bought all in like you were all in now on this whole whether it's the beard or the hairstyle like you don't give a crap about anybody and what they think like you are the boss you're wearing the bright red suits and green suits and you you're a legend in yourself already well you, you know, just walk around and go i don't care anymore yes i, I think there's a lot of that <laughs> like uh, you know what one of the things is like first of all brand like 20 years ago when i was younger and starting out i wouldn't have done this like you know mark yeah. it's comparable to yeah. when you're a rookie in the nhl yep. and when you're 15 years in like you were when you're a rookie, you kind of do like, hey, you know, I, I, like I'm just going to keep my head down. Uh, you know, I'm not, I don't want to rock the boat. I want to get comfortable. I want to carve my spot. And then you get older. And, and when I got to Sportsnet, they were like, can we try some new things? And, you know, the other thing too is, you know, when Don was there, nobody did this because it was Don's thing, right? And it's almost like stealing his right. shit. And I kind of don't like it even now when people say, oh, you know, you're trying to be the next Don Cherry because nobody will ever be like that. Like his, yeah. nobody will ever have his influence and nobody will ever have, like, like he would go to Fabricland and he would pick that stuff. I don't do that. <laughs> it's like they, they would they say to me, Elliot, how about this? Like he will always be on a level that I will never achieve. But now, you know, I'm older, Brett, you know, I can... Yeah. 
uh, I, I feel a lot more comfortable in my own skin. And I think now, and, and one of the things I, I do tell young students who I speak to is that there's so much feedback now, like before nobody could get to you. They had to leave a voice in a voicemail. You could press seven and delete it. They could send a letter to the editor. Maybe one would get printed. Um, you know, they'd send a feedback form to uh, a website. You'd never see it. Now they yeah. come right to you on Instagram, on TikTok, on Twitter. Yeah. You can't escape it. And I tell people, you have to have a thick skin and you have to block it out. It's not always possible, but mm -hmm. you, you have to be able to say only a certain amount of people's opinions are really going to matter to me. And one of the reasons I do this is because I do try to tell young people that stuff is going to come your way and you have to limit whose opinion really matters to you. Mm. I think it's important. One, I didn't even think of the whole Don Cherry and trying to copy that kind of thing. So it's interesting you brought that up. The other one is I completely understand about now being more comfortable in your skin. Like the first few years we would do this Christmas special and I was like, no way am I wearing a Christmas sweater on TV. And then eventually mm -hmm. became a Christmas sweater. I wore a Hamburglar mask once and blew a duck call, like all kinds of stuff. You're like, I would never have thought of doing that earlier. So uh, that stuff I appreciate. So uh, I appreciate the entertainment value of what you bring. And you also bring a, a journalistic broadcast side, but the entertainment value, I always tune in for like people that stop me and go, what is up with that guy's hair or whatever. So I appreciate that part more than you probably realize. Um, let's ask some hockey questions and we'll get back sure. to you maybe after and that. Let's, let's go with Pierre Maguire. Uh, yeah. We both know him very well. We've worked alongside him. Uh, did this surprise you at all? Absolutely. I didn't see it coming. Um, you know, I woke, uh, like, I slept in a little bit today. I woke up just before 9 o'clock. I slept, I usually try to wake up at 8, but I slept through my alarm this morning because I'm lazy. <laughs> and so I, I missed Bruce's story, and I, I woke up, like, I had a couple, I had, my phone had a lot more texts on it than normal, and I was like, uh-oh, you know, what happened? And it was all about that. So I saw the, the note that the team sent out. Um, I was shocked. I didn't see it coming. I didn't know it was coming. Um, you know, sometimes you have an idea on things. This one kind of came out of nowhere. Um, you know, I, I think the one thing here that I think will answer a lot of our questions is, does an extension get worked out for Pierre Dorian? Dorian has one yeah. year left on his contract. I believe they are talking to him about an extension uh, right now. If this, if it extend, if it gets done, and I, the sense is I'm getting it's going to get done, then I think, you know, I don't think we have anything here to really worry about. If it doesn't get done, then I think we're all going to be wondering, okay, what exactly is going on here? Right. And for those who don't know, Pierre Maguire named Senior uh, VP of Player Development today by the Ottawa Senators. The question, though, Elliot, it seems that you don't have a GM who signed past this year or your coaching staff, that there's a lot of question marks going on. And if this team struggles early on, if they don't have a deal going into the season and they have another season that starts like it did last year or even remotely disappointing, is there going to be wholesale changes? And is Pierre Maguire in line to be now the next GM of the Ottawa Senators? Well, I think that, I think what we just talked about may answer a lot of those questions. You know, yeah. does an extension get worked out for Dorian? And because um, I think it does answer a lot of the questions. If, if he does get an extension, and like I said, I've heard they're discussing it now, then their question is answered. If it doesn't get done there, then I think we have a lot of questions. Like, I, I think the Senators need stability. Um, there's been too much instability um, for a long time. Um, look, you're, you're growing in the right direction. Um, he had to, Dorian had to navigate a lot of challenges and you can debate 
this move or that move. But I look at the overall picture, and to me, if I was a fan of the team, I would say roster and where we're going, I would feel comfortable that we're headed in the right direction. I know where all the Sanders fans are concerned. They look at the history and they say something always happens. Like the iceberg always appears in front of the Titanic. There's never a smooth navigation. So what I would be screaming for if I was a Sanders fan right now, and I think the organization should be aware of this, is don't let the iceberg be self-inflicted. I think they should extend them. I think they should make sure that DJ Smith is taken care of. Um, yeah. You know, people talk about some of the stuff that, that, that McGuire has said on TV about analytics. Um, this is what I would say. Um, you guys, you know, Mark, you haven't worked in TV a lot. Brent, you have. You know people. Sometimes we have our TV personalities and our real, t uh, real personalities. Sometimes we step out and say or do things on the air purely for the entertainment value. Mm -hmm. I, I, when Pierre Maguire said this morning, he believes in scouting. I believe that. I think that's the way he thinks. That's the hockey environment he grew up in. But I think that he should use analytics. I think it matters. I think a lot of teams are doing it more and more now. And I'm prepared to see how he feels about them and give him a chance to prove that yeah. it, it can be meaningful to him. But the it, thing is, I, I look at DJ Smith. Sorry, Mark. I look at DJ Smith. I can't imagine that Pierre Maguire, a guy who believes in all the things he's talked about, would have a problem with DJ Smith. Like, yeah. why, why wouldn't Pierre Maguire, based on the way he talks, extend DJ Smith or argue for that extension? Mm -hmm. And has he ever, Elliot, and forgive me, and forgive my ignorance, has Pierre ever actually gone out there and flat out said, that he's dismissed analytics. Like, has that ever actually happened? Yeah, like he's been. I, I don't know if I don't know if I've ever said dismissed, but he's been aggressive against them. And so people are basically just grasping at straws here, trying to find some kind of negative to kind of pin on him, right? Or is that well, just getting no, blown up? People, he has said things before that are anti-analytic. Yeah, but the, okay. thing, the thing is, the problem, Mark, is that, um, like I said, I, I always wonder. What's your real personality and what's yeah, your yeah. television personality? That's a good and point. The thing is, like, I think the other thing, too, is I also think that Pierre Maguire wants to be a good executive. He wants to be a good executive. And yeah. you can't be a good executive anymore if you completely discount them. You can't. And, um, like, I just, like, he, is, he has wanted this opportunity for a long, long time. I find it very hard to think that if if he is, is determined to be as good at this as I think he wants to be that he will just say don't bring that stuff to me because that's a recipe to fail before you even begin yeah now I, we've seen a few guys jump back into the league after being out for so long and I know John Davidson is one and even we saw uh, Randy Sexton was out for I think a decade before he got back in with Florida is the time off that big a deal? And, and he, no question, he's been around the game. Uh, does the 23 years or how long it's been, 25 years, matter that he hasn't been an executive? No, not to me. Because I think he, you know, he talks to a lot of people. Um, he yeah. knows a lot of people. He's seen a lot of players. Both at the, you know, his, as he mentioned, his son uh, was, is a pretty good player. And he's been around youth hockey because of that. Yep. Um, you know, I, like to me, you, you love it or you don't. Right. Mm -hmm. And he, yeah. he clearly loves it and yeah. he's passionate about it. Like, you know, like, like 
some people don't like his personality. That's immaterial to me. We're always going to meet people we like and dislike. I'm sure, Mark, you fought for guys. You dropped the gloves for, on, the, on your teams for guys who privately you, you hated their guts. Um, you know, that's, agree more. that's the way it works. Like my father always tell me, you're going to come across people that in life that you don't like, but you have to work with them and you, you have to like, even if so, like, like, but the thing is McGuire, he loves hockey. He does. Yes, no question. And at the end of the day, if you have a passion for your subject, you have a chance to be great at it. I really, I really believe that. And I think he's yes, going to be all in. There's, I have no mm -hmm. question that he will devote every devote every minute he can to being involved in trying to make the Ottawa Senators a better hockey team. I, so, so, I don't, so what? I was just going to say why. Think, so, why is he so yeah. why is he so polarizing then? Because for me, he's only ever been good with me. You know, mm -hmm. Ellie, you know what it's like when you used to work down around doing like interviews with players. Mm -hmm. You know, you you cross path with guys occasionally. Pierre would do that with me, and he'd actually say really nice things. He was very approachable, very personable. But then you go online, and again, it's social media, of course, and you know we all know the key figureheads out there that kind of like to trash on him a little bit. But for me, it's like he's very passionate. He's incredibly knowledgeable. Mm -hmm. I don't understand why there's such a divide about this guy. I, I just don't get it. Is it just the outlandish remarks that come out of him occasionally that kind of create that divide, or am I overthinking it? No, I don't think you're overthinking it. Like, look at Stephen A. Like, I don't think Pierre is like Stephen A. Smith, but um, – but, like, for a long time, I didn't like Stephen A. Smith. But then I realized, you know what? This guy is just having fun, and he's putting himself out there. Like, he says stuff to get a reaction. Yeah. And I think Pierre was like that, too. I think he said some stuff to get a reaction. Um, you know, I like he's out there. Like, he's really out there. He's not afraid to make controversial statements. Um, he's not afraid to say things he knows might not get him uh, social media love, yeah. um, you know, I, I like you can't ignore him, Mark. Like he's like I agree. He's, he's loud. He's out there, and uh, and that's that's the way that's that's the way he is. Um, hmm. You know, I, I think like you know the key the key is like um, like I said, I think at the end of the day, he really wants this. We all yeah. know he's had opportunities to be a general manager before. He's interviewed before. He hasn't gotten them. He want he never gave up. He wants to be it. I think that's a great base to start with. Yeah, yeah, agreed. And I look forward to it. I, I, regardless of whatever he can do with the team, you know that it's going to be at least entertaining from a media point of view. And so that for I look forward just to seeing what's going to transpire. And I just think his title, Senior VP of Player Development, is just a title. I think he's going to have a lot more matter. to say. Yeah, I think he's got a lot relevant. more to say. So, I, I, agree. I, I, I never, I never get stuck on titles. I think they're yeah. irrelevant. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. With you. So I think it's going to be fun. So uh, one of the things they're going to probably have to discuss, and aside from the expansion draft, which is coming up, is Brady Kachuk because he's yeah. not done. What are you hearing about Brady Kachuk? It seems awfully quiet. Now I will preface this by saying it's not uncommon to go right down to training camp before we see any of these big deals kind of get signed with RFAs. Mm -hmm. You know, I, I think with Brady Kachuk, I think the Sanders would love to sign him for as long as they can. Um, I think one of the things we're kind of learning right now is that the cap is going to stay flat for about two or three years, maybe four. And then uh, a lot of people are kind of saying around 2024, 25, they think it'll start to open up. Um, a lot of the best players uh, who are RFAs at young ages, Barzell took three years. We believe Pedersen's going to come in around three years. 
Uh, Brady's mm. brother, Matthew, of course, came in at three years. Um, you know, I, I like there are a lot of the good young RFAs are are taking three-year deals. Point took a yeah. three-year deal, although that was also Tampa's cap situation. Um, I, I wouldn't be surprised if Kachuk says, you know, I, I'd like to do something like that, and then we'll work from there. Because people think the cap is going to go up around 2024, 25. So why lock in before that occurs? I think that's the biggest conversation. That's the toughest thing that Ottawa's going to have to do to convince them to come out of there. Yeah. So but yeah. it's interesting, though, because Eugene Melling said he's not going to get the captaincy if it's not a long-term deal. Do they still give it to him at three years? Look, I, I think at the end of the day, first of all, I think sometimes, and Mark, you can tell me if you think players disagree, sometimes I think the captaincy is a little bit overrated. No um, question. Totally like, agree. I, yeah, like, like I think at the end, like, tell, like if, if Brady Kachuk doesn't, like, I mean, I think you have to navigate this with your player. If it's yeah. something that really matters to Brady Kachuk, then you're, if you're Ottawa, you have to massage that. But the yeah. other thing is, like, knowing Brady Kachuk, the limited amount I know him, but just watching him, do you think his approach is going to change one bit if he doesn't get the C? Nope. Total, no, oh, you're I right. Agree. It's, it's, his, game, his game won't change. I think, I think right now, if you're an Ottawa fan, I think they're just they're putting a ton of pressure as we speak on Pierre for that long-term deal because he's such a highly likable player on and mm -hmm. off the ice. So he's that, like, unicorn that we have in the organization here in town that everybody just wants to see locked in because it's reflective of his view of what his viewpoint is on the organization and vice versa. So I think for a lot of people, that three-year deal, although I do agree with you, Elliot, if you're a player and you have that confidence, you're going to take that three-year deal versus something long-term based off of what the cap's going to be doing in a couple of seasons. But I think right now they're just, I, I feel this is just my feeling that Pierre's getting a lot of outside pressure on getting something long-term done. And I just don't think Brady's going to want to do it. But well, that, with regards to the captaincy, I agree. It's just a title. It means nothing. Right. So, so Mark, like if he doesn't sign, like, I don't think it's Pierre Dorian's fault if, if uh, Brady Kachuk doesn't sign. A, a oh, I agree. Contract. Yeah. Because the, I mean, you can't hold the player at gunpoint and say, sign this. The player has a yep. choice too. And if you yep. take a look at the lot of the young star players right now, they aren't signing, they aren't signing six or eight year deals. A lot mm -hmm. of them are going for like, uh, you know, if this had happened four or five years ago, even two or three years ago, you look at the Toronto guys, you look at McDavid, you look at Dreisaitl, then you maybe you get Kachuk on an eight-year deal. I just think right now with the pandemic and what it's done, you're probably looking at a three-year deal. Yeah. But the problem is in Ottawa of losing all the star players. Yes. Yes, I understand. So that but makes you know, the fan base queasy. Exactly. I, I understand that. I, I do get that. And that's why I think it's important, like – you know, like one of the weird things that kind of happened this summer was this whole Jack Capuano, DJ Smith thing. Like, <laughs> mm. I, I don't like the message that sent, to be honest. You know, Jack Capuano gets a chance to interview in Buffalo. Ottawa says no. And one of the rumors that starts coming out there, well, what if we get off to a bad start and we have to make a coaching change? Well, to me, that's crazy town. Like, yeah. DJ Smith has – like, I like DJ Smith as a coach. I think he's a demanding guy, but I think he really cares about his players. And if you look at the way last year started to take off, once you guys got some saves, I would I would bet on that. And like if you like to me, if you're Ottawa and you can't sign Brady Kachuk for argument's sake for eight years, then one of the ways you can say, okay, we're going to make sure we have some stability here is 
we're going to extend DJ and we're going to extend Dorian. That's mm-hmm. one way you can make your fans say, okay, like we've got this now. Like, like I, I would be, those are the guys I would say we can sense a stability note with. I agree, but it's not done, Elliot. Yep. And so that- everybody's now going, now we see Pierre Maguire replace Pierre Dorian. And now we see Jack Campuano, maybe the guy waiting for DJ Smith to fail. It sets up a whole lot of instability in around, like if you're DJ Smith, and you're going into this season without a contract right now. Are you going like, if I get off to a bad start, I know who's replacing me because they didn't let him interview. It's a tough spot to be in for guys. You know what I would do if I was DJ Smith? I'd set a deadline. Yeah. I would say if I'm not extended by this date and maybe it's the opening of training camp, then we're not talking it out during the year. Oh, wow. And you bet, yeah. and you bet on yourself. Yeah, that would be yeah. bold, but I would I would appreciate that move. I don't. Has anyone ever really done that? <laughs> I'm sure. Uh, yeah, it's happened before with some players. Yeah. Like I, I've yeah. seen players do that before. Oh, with players, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, coaches. I, I I can't think off the top of my head, but I'm sure it's I'm sure it's happened, Mark. Yeah. Oh, yeah, you know who did it? This was a lot. Like, um, I'd have to remember the exact situation, but Jacques Demers when he coached St. Louis. You remember in the 80s, he went from St. Louis to Detroit and he he walked when they didn't sign him and he went wow. as a free agent to the Red Wings. But I'd have to remember the exact circumstances, but it was something hmm. similar. No, fair enough. Um, so the, I want to go just to the Jack Campuano thing for a second because yeah. it, it, it tried to get reported that it's very common that coaches don't get to interview for head coaching jobs if you're an assistant. Now, I know he's called an associate head coach, so you can fudge the words a little or the titles, but the reality is they didn't, they didn't allow him to interview for a job that's a higher position, and that's yeah. not common in the NHL. In the NHL or in professional sports, you are allowed usually to interview for other jobs that are higher up. Uh, what message does it send to Jack, who uh, by all accounts was not happy uh, not being allowed to do it? Well, just a couple of things. Uh, number one, you're right, Brent. It, it generally is accepted that someone gets to interview for a promotion, um, but there have been exceptions. And sure. I, I will, I'll, I'll give you some examples. Um, one exception I know of was in one particular case where a team had an assistant general manager who'd been, um, who'd been given uh, some, had interviewed some places, and the team, what they did was they gave him a new deal and a raise, but they told him, if you accept this new deal and a raise, you can't interview for any GM jobs. Like, we want you here for this time frame. I think it was three years. And that was a situation where the guy took the raise and accepted the deal. So that's mm. – and the other one was Kyle Dubas. Kyle Dubas, the year before he became general manager, um, he – Colorado asked to interview him for the GM job, and they did, and he got offered the job. And at the last minute, Toronto kind of withdrew permission. They said, you can't have them. And I remember the story I heard was when that got out, actually Mike Babcock went to Brandon Shanahan and said, well, you've got to make him the GM now because you can't block a guy like that. So what that says to me is either Ottawa has a policy, which I've heard you know, some people have said they have, or he's there as a safety net. So that's the only explanation for that, Brent. Yeah, it's tough. I, I just think it's tough on Jack, but we'll move on because it doesn't affect my life, I guess. Um, that is, <laughs> it all comes uh, back to you. Yeah, and how this affects me is um, 
Are we going to see a lot of movement here after the expansion draft? Like yes. we, we're hearing about Tarasenko and Jack Eichel, and there's a few others that want trades or deals. Uh, what's going to happen? I think it's going to be really busy. I, I do. I, I think, I think there's some like Philly was in on Seth Jones, like uh, he wouldn't give them a long-term commitment. So I think that's kind of off right now. Like one of the names I'm starting to kind of hear out there is like maybe Montreal doesn't want to lose Jake Allen potentially for nothing. But if you're going to trade for Jake Allen, you could lose him for nothing. So I think, you know, I I think there will be some things, um, but I think it probably, you know, what's Vegas going to do in goal? Are they going to bring back both these guys next year? Are they going to move one of them? So I think there's a lot of talk about things like that. I just think that, Teams are very careful. They don't want to trade themselves into an expansion problem, right? So yeah, I yeah. wonder if a lot of these things are going to happen after it's over. You just commented on Jake Voracek the other day from the Flyers. Yeah. Why is it that they're looking to move him? You know, I think one of one reason is money. I know he's three years left at eight two five. Like I'll, I'll tell you this. Like uh, I, um, I was stress, people stressed to me this was not acrimonious. Like. When I got on it, I had some people who said to me, like, please don't write this as Flyers angry at Voracek, want to get rid of mm. them. Um, like they, and, like, it wasn't just the Flyers necessarily who were saying that. It was other people, like even, like, other teams and some people who knew Voracek were saying that to me. It took me a while to track them down. And, um, you know, they, they just said that, A, financially, they needed some flexibility. And also, like, I think last year – like last year was a tough year in a lot of people. Like yeah. you look at all the players who are talking about potential, you know, asking for trades or wanting to move, like just like life, this was a hard year in a lot of people. So players are like a lot of other people out there who just like are talking about the quality of their life. So yeah. I think, I think Voracek had a really frustrating year. I think Philly had a frustrating year with him yeah. and I think they're just exploring it. And as, as I wrote and I was told, if he ends up back in Philly this year because they can't move him, then they'll just deal with that too. Fair enough. Um, why is it called 33 Thoughts this week? Because I actually, because my last week of the year, so I, <laughs> if I have any extras, I put them in. That's why it's 32. <laughs> I, had, I had one year, I think it was 44. Um, I was well, supposed to do the Olympics. I'm not doing them anymore. So, but, uh, so I was just worried I'd be out of time and wouldn't get to do another one. Uh, it confuses oh, it. Yeah, I, I was just I wanted to get one question here because I, I obviously followed you guys for the entire playoff. It was an excellent coverage, by the way. Every time you guys started up a broadcast, Juice, Kevin Bieksa, for those yeah. who have no idea what I'm talking about, would chirp you. Yeah. What's what's behind all that? Was that just friendly banter that was going on? Obviously, I know it's not serious, but I mean yeah. it seemed like it was designed that every single show you guys had, he was gonna start it off with a chirp. Yeah, and I'm good with that. Um, I think the audience loves that for one thing, yeah. Mark. I, I do. Yeah. And and you know, I've had, like when Berkey was on. I remember I was at Shoppers Drug Mart once, and Mark and some guy came up to me and he goes, "I'm really sorry to bother you, but do, do you and Brian Burke dislike each other?" And I'm like, <laughs> no. Like, and it's it's all fun. And that, yeah. you know, you played against Kevin. You know that he's a yapper, and yep. so that's his personality. And you know, I I've gotten him back a couple of times, Mark, but. He is so good at it, and he is so – he is so – like, he'll go down to a level that I won't go to. So <laughs> yeah. I know that if I get him back, I'm going to get it worse. So there's, <laughs> and plus also, Marcus, you know on teams, like, 
there's all you, you need guys on teams that you can take shots at and they'll just laugh so that Agreed. So the team can just relax in a losing streak or something like that. Yeah. I'm okay with being that guy. If someone gets a good shot in at me, I can I can laugh my head off at it. Uh, like, okay, that's fair. Yeah. Yeah, because uh, like the people in Pittsburgh told me that Crosby was a lot like that. When he was when he was younger, like if guys took a shot at him, he would just laugh his head off and if if Sidney Crosby can handle that, I can certainly handle that. Yeah, and it speaks volumes of your character. Because I, I do know one thing, especially mm -hmm. playing in a very hostile environment, like an NHL dressing room, for example. Yeah. If you could if you if you get chirped and you react every single time in a very hostile manner, you're fair game for the rest of that year or perhaps your career. So the fact yes. that you laugh it off is mm -hmm. huge. So props to you for that one. <laughs> well, you know, Mark, you you know, like it's like when you're like we're during the playoffs, we're together every day. Like even yeah. when things are going well, tempers get short from time to time, or someone does something <laughs> that annoys someone else, maybe even yeah. not intending to. You got to be able to defuse the situation. Agreed. And you make it easy, right? So you you do bring it on yourself quite easily, which I appreciate. <laughs> Thanks, Wally. I appreciate that. Okay. Um, just back to the playoffs for a sec. What was it like to be in Tampa, to have real fans, and to see that kind of celebration after it's been such a long 18 months, two years kind of thing? Oh, it was so good. Like, to, uh, well, I was in Montreal for games three and four, and that was the first time all year our, our group was able to go for dinner, right? You know, like, like Kevin came in, Cassie came in from Calgary. Unfortunately, Kelly couldn't travel, but, you know, I went out to dinner a couple nights with uh, Ron and Kevin and Cassie and uh, Eric Engels was there and Sean Reynolds was there because he was in from uh, Winnipeg and, um, you know, it was just nice to sit down at a table and, yeah. and talk to people. You know, we hadn't been able yeah. to do that all year. And, you know, to walk to the rink and see all those people outside the game in, in Montreal, it was it was awesome. And then Tampa to say a, see a full rink, like, that was weird. It, getting on a plane, uh, Tampa, full rink, no mass. It was like, you know, I, I got to tell you, like, you know, it was just, it was great to see. Like, you know, it was, it, it was just like, Man, I, I can't wait till this is normal again. And uh, that building in Tampa, those fans that night, they were like, we know we're winning the cup tonight. They were yeah. so – like sometimes you go into a building, the crowd's nervous. Those people weren't nervous. They're like, we're winning the cup tonight. It was awesome. <laughs> it was awesome. That's great. It was fun to watch. Okay, I told you we'd probably keep you for a half hour past that. Um, okay. I'm going to bring in Craig, who's got some questions for you. I didn't even tell you we're going to do fan questions either. But um, – okay. So basically, I've lied to you for this entire show. So I, nothing new. Uh, I got to tell you, Brett, like none of this is a surprise to me. <laughs> this, is, this is why this is so good. Uh, Craig, I want to welcome you into the show. Um, is, has the chat been busy since you won't let me see it? Yeah, yeah, they've been they've been going on through it. Actually, you guys did a really good job of uh, answering a lot of the, the questions already. There's still a few left that are that are some sure. pretty good ones that we're gonna, we're gonna hit you with. But uh, you guys touched on a lot of things people wanted to hear today, so that was that was pretty good. Um, why don't we kick it off with one? You, I mean, you kind of touched on Brady Kachuk a little bit. This ends up uh, Paul Perry is asking if there's any update on uh, Drake Batherson and his contract. He's another restricted guy that's going to need Ooh. a contract here at some point. Have you heard much on that? No, I, I, like, like obviously I, I've heard that there's a lot of willingness to get something done. And I think that's another guy the Sanders would like to lock up as long as they, they possibly can. But um, I haven't heard anything. But like, to be honest, I've been focusing more on Kachuk. 
maybe that's a reminder I should start looking into Bathurst in a bit more. Is that a domino that maybe needs to fall first? Or is this one of those ones where it's like whoever will sign the contract first kind of goes? Well, I, I think what is probably more like, like in some situations, I think there's a domino. Like I think in the island, it's Pellet first, and then they kind of figure out everything there. Number one, you guys have a lot of cap room, so it's not quite as pressing. But number two, I'm betting that by now you kind of know where everybody stands, right? So, like, 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 there's no way Dorian and the Senators don't already know what everybody's thinking. So, depending on making agreements, I don't think you'd have much trouble with that. Hmm. Okay, that's a good one. Um, you mentioned earlier that you didn't see the Pierre Maguire news coming. Uh, yeah. Mark B's asking, has Ottawa become one of the harder teams to maybe hear the whispers and scoops about? That's, uh, Pierre Dorian would like my answer to this question to be yes. <laughs> uh, I, think, I, I think Ottawa, there have been some, uh, some phases. Like, uh, like right now it's been tougher. I, I will say that. Uh, there have been times, uh, like I'll, I'll tell you a funny story. There was one time a couple of years ago where you guys were looking for a president of hockey ops and, and the Sanders made a lot of calls like Iserman, Dean Lombardi. Um, I think Trevor Linden was another guy they reached out to. And I put like before an Ottawa game, I put a board up and uh, the next day I got a call from someone who knows some people in the Ottawa organization. They're like, are you bugging their phones? They want to know if like you like, have direct tap in. So I would say at times it's been easier. I would say right now it's been a little bit harder. And yeah. you know what? I don't have a problem with that. I think teams try to keep information. If you have to make me work a little harder, that's fair game. Okay, that's a good one. I remember it would always used to be hard to break trades. You guys were always pretty good at getting ahead of those ones. But every now and then, like, so that's good to know that they can still keep a secret every now and then. Yeah, you know what? Like, I'll tell you, like, um, like it's a funny league. Like, uh, some teams are, are better than others. And some things people uh, work harder at than others to protect. So it's, it's always a challenge. Perfect. Do you uh, and Lou Lamarillo have lots of chats together? So the the, the favorite uh, answer I get from Lamarillo is, why would you even bother asking me that? <laughs> <laughs> My favorite Lou Lamarillo story is he's in G he's in New Jersey at the time, and uh, their building is the the locker rooms are kind of side by side, and I'm running down to do an intermission interview because I was upstairs doing something. I had to wait till Lou Lamarillo was in the hall. No one else is allowed to walk the hallway until he's out of the hallway. I had to, I'm like, I got to get to the air. And he's like, you're waiting till he's out of the hallway. Oh yeah, you're always going to lose that in Jersey. You're always going to lose yeah. that in Jersey to Lamorello. Yeah. <laughs> wow. All right. Anyway, Perfect. Uh, next story. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's rattle a few more off here. Cadre uh, yeah. Sense fan is asking, do you have a favorite memory covering the Ottawa Senators? Is there like a Sense story that you have or a favorite moment you kind of look back on? Oh, there, there were some, uh, like the, the Stanley Cup final run of 07. Um, that was, that was, uh, like a great, I, I think I was with them every round in that playoff. So that, that would probably be the, like, people ask me all the time, like, who's the favorite player you've ever dealt with? And my answer is always Alfredson. Um, I, I dealt with nobody that was uh, more understanding and better to deal with than, than Alfredson was. And, you know, as a Sens fan, you have to know that, uh, like I had to interview Alfredson after some really tough losses and he was always, uh, incredibly gracious and incredibly forthcoming. Um, you know, I, I once did, when the All-Star Game was in uh, Ottawa, I did a, a panel with Alfredson for some sponsors, and he was fantastic. Like, I, I love dealing with Alfredson. And I would say that 07 Sens run, 
um, was was one of the best, one of my favorite times covering. I covered a lot of Sanders playoff series, and they were all those players were always great to deal with. Like, like um, fantastic, loved it. Uh, I got one last one here. This one comes from uh, uh, Enzo Aiello, and he's asking, and this is, you probably get this question a lot, and it's just, what's the okay. best trade rumor that you never really pursued because it was maybe a little bit outlandish or you heard something? What's a rumor that you thought was kind of maybe out there that actually turned out? Well, I'll tell you a Sanders-related story, and I have told this story before, but it's been a while, and, and maybe it's been forgotten. But, um, you know, when you guys went to the 07 final, you guys had a lot of time off between game, between the, the third round against Buffalo and the final against Anaheim. And we went – Alfredson was gracious enough to allow us to come to his house and spend a day with him at his home. And uh, I had heard a rumor that he was considering retiring if the Sanders won the Stanley Cup. And he said to me, uh, can I trust you? And I said, yes. And he goes, yes, it's true. I will retire if we win the cup. I have some other things that I want to do with my life, but you, no can't, way. you can't report it. And wow. I kept that secret for a long time. Uh, I think until he retired, as a matter of fact. And I, you know, so, and it, like, that's one of those things, like, I wish you wouldn't have told me that. <laughs> what am I supposed <laughs> to say? Um, but you're only as good as your word, right? And uh, right. I, I kept that one. Like, you know, Mark, like, I, I'm sure, like, you trusted people or you know teammates who felt they trusted people and either you, like, word, word travels fast. Like, if Brent or oh, I are boy. not trustworthy, everybody in the league knows it really fast. Yeah, so you're exactly. only as good as your word. You're only as good yeah. as your word. Well said. Nice. I got one last one here just to wrap it up and then we can – Sure, uh, Craig. Uh, and it's it, this one's more for me because we've heard your phone dinging the entire time. I think you tweeted at some point throughout. <laughs> well, here. no, you know what? Like <laughs> Jeff Merrick had a little scoop about uh, about Mitch Love leaving uh, leaving the Western Hockey League for Stockton, and I like to I like to boost my teammates if I can. Yeah, no, that was great. I was more just going to ask, like, what, how do you what do you do to disconnect? Like, it's that seems like a hard like I my job was hard to disconnect from, and I had to leave it. So, like, what do you do to disconnect from your phone when you don't want to hear the dings or you don't want to miss something? Do you have any tips for anybody that might be trying to? Well, I you know I'm I'm not as good as it is I should be. Um, like my wife, she's first of all to be even married to me, you have to mm -hmm. be an angel, and now she's a double angel. How much I work. Um, you know, one thing that I, well, first of all, one thing I always uh, tell young people is, and this is not quite disconnecting, but I have a 10 second rule. If I'm not talking about a trade rumor or something hockey related, I always look at the button, the tweet button for 10 seconds before I press it, just to make sure, is this still a good idea? Like that's something I really like to sure. advise young people. <laughs> but the one thing I, I started to do, Craig, is like, I'll, I'll take a timer and I'll set it for five minutes. Um, and like, you can't touch your phone for five minutes. And eventually I've started to move that up a little bit more. I'm not as good as it, Craig, as I should be, but this August we're, we're, we rented a, uh, we oh, rented yeah. a cottage and it, the Wi-Fi you can turn off okay, for, two that's good. Weeks, for two weeks. If I come <laughs> back and I look even worse than I do now, <laughs> you'll know I made it. But you know, honestly, that's it. Like honestly, Craig, it's a timer. Give okay. your, start small, and then eventually go longer. Refuse to touch it as long as the time goes. Nice, awesome Good advice. Well, yeah, it's great advice. 
Uh, Elias, one of the good, I, I really appreciate you stopping by. And I, I know we kept you way longer, but uh, no, it's, it's okay. been good yeah. to see you. One of my favorite times all time of, of you and I was, we bumped into each other in uh, Blue Mountain in Collingwood. That's and, right. Uh, and we got hammered together that night at the bar. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Nice. I forgot about that. That was right <laughs> after, that was, that was a few years ago. That was 2016. Yeah. That's right. Um, anyway. anyway, guys, like, keep it up, guys. Like, this is, like, I really believe that this is the future, is that, it's, it's not going to be about – it's going to be about your, our own names and the, the things we do. And, like, the Sanders fans, it's obvious. Like, there's – I have a list, and I follow some people who are Sanders fans, and they love the show. And uh, just keep it going, guys. Keep it going. There's room Thanks. for all this stuff. Thanks. Thanks, well, so if I... you could stop doing yours, we'd have a little more room. So uh... <laughs> Don't you worry. Don't you worry. <laughs> Uh, Elliot, thanks for stopping by. That is Elliot Freeman from Sportsnet, and you can enjoy his podcast, 31 Thoughts, and he writes a whole bunch of other stuff, and he's very good and needs a haircut. Um, <laughs> we look forward to seeing you again down the road. Enjoy your August and your offseason, my friend. All right, guys. Brent, Mark, take care, guys. Craig, good to see you guys. Alex, thanks a lot, my man. <laughs> take care. There goes Elliot Freeman. Um, it's such a good, enjoyable time to see him around. Anyway, um, now we have something to talk about, Matt, and uh, we've got a huge contest coming up, and everybody's excited about the uh, off-season, uh, or sorry, the season that's about to start with the Ottawa Senators. So Barhaven yep. Ford has now pulled in. They've got four tickets to give away uh, for opening night in the 100 level. So they're going to do this around the draft. So the draft is coming up on the 23rd. So basically, you're going to go to barhavenford.com, and you're going to enter who the Sens are going to take 10th overall in the draft. The winner will be announced. Uh, on our show July 26th, just after the draft. The contest closes July 23rd at 8 p.m. Of course, that's when the draft starts. So go to barhavenford.com, and you can start to enter now. Uh, also, by the way, if you go into Barhaven Ford, you can see the new beautiful, the beautiful Bronco they've got there. Uh, 555 Dealership Drive in Barhaven, just near the Costco. Okay, let's move on. That was a great interview, Matt. And one of the things we don't get to do a lot is that is to talk to one another and, and just to, I guess, shoot the shit. And so those are the yeah. times I always enjoy just to get – other guys in it that have such a long history of stuff they've been able to see around the league. Yeah. And, and, and I don't think we, and I think you and I agree on this one, Wally, we can't yeah. overstate this enough. Huge. Thank you to Elliot Freeman for coming yeah. on because we know how incredibly busy he's been. He clearly looks like he needs a vacation at this point. <laughs> so again, yeah. very thankful that he came on to kind of shoot it with us and uh, some yeah. really, some really cool and interesting little tidbits that we got from him too, which was stuff that I was completely unaware of. And I don't even yeah. live in Toronto like Elliot does. I'm right here at the epicenter like you are. And still, there's stuff that gets by us. So uh, thanks again, Elliot. So well connected. And, and it's a good dude. Um, okay, yeah. time now. Let's go to On the Points. Brought to you by sportsinteraction.com slash Wally Mathot. Sports Interaction is Canada's odds makers. Log on to sportsinteraction.com slash Wally Mathot. Get in on the action. Speaking of action, uh, I want to start with NBA Finals last night. I know we haven't talked a lot about it because – People weren't yep. sure how this was going to go. Phoenix up 2-0. Milwaukee came out and just hammered them in game three. So now we have a series. So yep. do they even it up in game four, or does Phoenix take a 3-1 lead, Matt? Well, I got Gio. I'm a basketball fan, so I like this topic. Um, you know, I, I got the Greek freak Giannis getting another big game here, <laughs> only because he had 40 points in that, in that second game, I believe, or 42 points in the second game, 41 points uh, in game three. I mean, this guy's hungry. I know I know you got uh, D-Book on the other side there in Phoenix who's been playing excellent basketball. But for me right now, I've got Milwaukee taking game four. I've got a feeling I'm going to be paying attention. And I know it hasn't been a really highly spoken on 
you know, uh, finals. It's, you know, you're yeah. losing some of the marquee players and names that you've typically had in the past. It's been a funny uh, injury plague postseason there in the NBA. But in any case, I've got uh, the Milwaukee Bucks winning again tonight. I would like to put money on the fact of you pronouncing Johnson's last name. Antetokounmpo. Oh, wow. You're okay, welcome. I'm floored. Yeah, that's like the mic drop and you can leave. Um, <laughs> it, he's like, I think, the sixth player in NBA history to back-to-back 40-point games in the NBA Finals. Anyway, good for him. The first yeah. guy since LeBron James. Um, okay, the British Open is coming up. But before we get to the British Open that starts on Thursday, sure. did you see the video of the <laughs> fan who, in the Spanish Spanish Open, I think it was, who took the club out of Roy, Rory McIlroy's bag? And people are like, what? Yeah, so they're standing. Yeah, they're standing on the first tee. Rory and his caddy are just standing there going over notes. As we all know, golfers walk around with the notepad. They're going over notes. And this random middle-aged man walks up, goes to grab, I believe, the driver initially or one of the clubs and can't really seem to get it out of the bag. So he grabs yeah. another club that had a club head on it, grabs that one. And the caddy and Rory are just kind of staring at him, like kind of perplexed. Yeah. Like, who is this pigeon who just took my club out of the bag? But you know, you don't think anything of it, of course. And he just kind of goes over and squares up on a tee and pretends like he's going to practice a couple times until finally someone comes up. So I thought they handled it really well. They didn't really say much. Just let the security guys take care of it at this point. But it was very bizarre because the guy was so casual about it, right? Yes. Kind of, he just kind of waltzed his way up and grabbed the club. So I don't know. It, was, it made for some entertaining television at least. But uh, other than I mean, that, weird. I have no idea what he was doing. Just weird that he... Didn't get the club out, so the head cover comes off. But he still yeah. like, well, I, I still need a club, so I'm just... <laughs> but then I'm thinking, if you're Rory and the caddy, you don't say anything because now the guy has a club in his hand. So you just well, let him do whatever he wants. Yeah, yeah and it's not just that because you can come across like a bit of a, an a-hole if you do attack the individual yeah. too much, maybe verbally. It looks... It's just yeah. optics-wise, it's bad. That's why I thought the caddy and Rory handled it exceptionally well. <laughs> just stay back. Hopefully he doesn't snap your club. I'm sure you've got spares. But in any case, inexcusable. He got yeah. kicked out. Uh, that was it. Massive. I couldn't even fathom thinking of doing this. Anyway, okay, let's get to the British Open. So sure. John Rahm is the odds-on favorite to win this. Uh, he just dropped out of being number one in the uh, world, and now Dustin Johnson is up to number one. Yeah. Do you? Who do you think perhaps is going to win this uh, British Open? I it's have a tough no, one. It's yeah. I was going to say it's like pick your poison at this point, right? I I just. Based off of the past few tournaments, you had the uh, the disqualification in John Rahm there. Uh, I don't yeah. know, God, it would have been a month ago now or a month and a half ago. Due to COVID-19, of course, he was asymptomatic. But unfortunately, with a six-shot lead, has to get has to withdraw from the tournament. Then goes on and wins the following. Which one did he Was the Memorial? What tournament he won? Or was the, was, which tournament did John Rahm win? I can't I forget. It doesn't yeah. matter. The point is, he gets his win, ends up on top, number one, then drops back. But my point is, he's just such a likable person. Yeah. Based off of, you know, the reaction, the fan reaction, a lot of the players, especially guys like Phil Mickelson, who were very outspoken with regards to John Rahm's character, to me that speaks volumes when a player will put themselves out there and back you up like that. So I just, I, I'm a huge fan of DJ as well, but right now I'm on Team Rob. So I'm going to go I don't, yeah. There's always a different way to play, obviously, the British Open because of the way it's laid out. And so different I, I never understand. Right, I don't understand. I don't know if it's good to pick an American or to go with. I know, the European. I, like, is Rory McIlroy the guy? <laughs> so <laughs> he might be. I, I don't know. I know it. You know, okay. it's it I, comes I, down, Wally, and it comes down to yeah. the hot hand, right? It could be some right. random 
amateur that just got on tour and yep. might be standout for that specific weekend. And that's that's kind of the cruel thing about golf. But at the same time, why I can appreciate those top 20, 30, 40 players, because what a what a, an unforgiving sport, right? You have one off day and your tournament's over. So again, going to go with any of those top dogs. It's a, flip, it's a coin flip. I, Louis, Aist, Louis Oosthuizen is in Oosthuizen. eighth. I'm, I might pick him. Yeah, fair I, enough. He, he's, he's he had a good fella. tournament he not that well. long ago. Good. Yeah, he's a good player. Yeah. Okay. Uh, speaking of golf, and we're going to tie it into hockey. Did you see Mike Mandano's albatross? I did. Albatross? I did. I can't and I was, speak. It, his wife, his wife was caddying for him. I'm thinking like, yeah. boy, they must have a great relationship because <laughs> if I'm out there on the course and I'm, I'm whipping on some shots, I'm going to be blaming my wife in a heartbeat. <laughs> you know, why are you standing right there? But in any yeah. case, good you for him. the wrong club. Yeah. <laughs> Anything, but, but beautiful shot. I mean, and I think there's a bit of a pride thing with me. Anytime I see an NHL player, playing in one of those pro-ams or, or, or a tournament for that matter. I just want to see them do well because it just looks good on the hockey community. And yeah. of course, when you're speaking on a Hall of Fame player like Mike Medano, I mean, it's, you know, good for him. I was pumped. I, I could feel it with him when, when, he, when he buried that. You could see him celebrating with his buddies that were there on course with him. So, uh, yeah, big moment for Mike Medano. Yeah, it was cool. Um, yeah. I'm going to ask, so would you and Ellie ever wallpaper together? You know what? We built Ikea furniture together. So if we can do that without killing each other, I made that comment before on social media. I mean, we can pretty well do anything. And we, we were at odds sometimes over random stuff. I mean, right now I have 400 pound dogs that she plans on breeding over the next year and a half. So <laughs> dealing with four burners like that in the house, that's a challenge in itself for me because I'm not a huge dog guy. I didn't grow up yeah. with them. So, you know, you have to make concessions and sacrifices when you're in a marriage. And that's one of them that I've made. I can't imagine the amount of dog hair oh, that's that is on your floor. We sweep, we sweep our house, uh, <laughs> and this is this is no exaggeration. We sw we swiffer and sweep and vacuum our place four to five times a day, <laughs> and and of course she does it mostly on her own. It's the same tiled up area through the kitchen from the dog run to the front door. There were always yeah. high traffic. Yeah. Anyway, it is what it is, man. I, you know what it's like. It's uh, you know you just got to do it sometimes. <laughs> So good. I, anyway, I love your dogs. I think they're fun. Um, <laughs> they are great dogs. I, yes. Now, you brought up earlier on when you were talking. I think it was was it France and Italy or Germany and Italy were playing each other, and you decided that you were going to take a shot at all the Italy fans. So now I'm just curious yeah. of oh, if you were if you a, were in Preston Street last night hey, celebrating the big win of the Euro. It's so fun. It's so funny, you know. And and because I grew up, uh, I grew up enjoying watching the Azuri play because some of my closest friends were huge diehard. They were Italian and they were diehard yeah. Italian fans. So, you know, in, in those early 2000s, late 90s, when they were, you know, legitimate team, were all the World Cups, I was always on board with them. But then, of course, everybody, it doesn't matter if you're half French, half Italian, as far as heritage goes, when it, when Italy's playing in the World Cup or their Euro Cup, all of a sudden you're an Italian, right? Because, you know, <laughs> it's time to wave the flag around and pretend oh. like you're a national from Italy. But, of course... It's a huge win for them. I'm happy for them. And I love seeing the passion in the fan base. I also yeah. love taking jabs at them. So I'm on the, you know, I teeter back and forth. Good for them. Uh, all the diehard wannabe Italian people <laughs> were down on Preston having a good time. Good on them. But leave it up to, and I don't know who started it, but Toronto Maple Leaf fans to be able to tie in England in the Toronto Maple Leafs for futility. Did you see this? The Toronto Maple <laughs> no. Leafs were trending yesterday on Twitter 
because people were calling England the Toronto Maple Leafs of soccer or European oh, football boy. or whatever. That's ridiculous. That's wild. Yeah, that's wild. No. I mean, no. was 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 England? I know England was one of the favorites, but I don't think they were the heavy favorite as far as the tournament went at the beginning. I think France was, and they choked yeah. hard earlier on too. So you know what? They should just be grateful that they were there in the mix at this point. And the comparison of the Toronto Maple Leafs, that's a little extreme. I don't think they're that bad. It's so wild. Uh, finally, I, I, I know you're a big MMA guy. Yeah. So one of the things, aside from the fight and all that, I just appreciate, or maybe I can't even fathom it, Conor McGregor is giving an in-ring interview with Seth Rogen while having a mangled foot. I know it's in a, in a cast or in a support by them, but in a yeah, brace. In the, corner. the fact that... I'd be like, get me out of here now. Yeah, and I mean, that's Connor. And of course, Joe's just doing his job interviewing. But I, I, you know, and Craig and I were having a discussion about that. I, I think for me, it's simple. I, I'm a huge McGregor fan only because I love the showmanship. I'm always, you know, we talk about it with regards to the presser when Kucherov the other day, if I'm going to tie it into hockey. You know, it can come across a little aggressive at times, maybe sometimes a little inappropriate, but it's entertainment. It's a very violent sport. McGregor's made it explicitly clear that he gets paid to bash guys' faces in for a living. So you can't expect a polished Harvard graduate up there giving an eloquent speech after a fight. You know, you're in a fight. It's very primal. Your emotions are running high. But it's a shame that his ankle had to go, go the way it did. Ends up losing that fight in their in their third in their third matchup together, and of course you think that Poirier and, and McGregor are going to fight again now at some point for a fourth because I don't think that was satisfying enough as a fan base. But Craig made a very interesting point in that it'll be another whole year at least until we see them fight again because McGregor's got to heal up from his ankle injury, yeah. then he's got to get back into fighting shape, of course, which takes those training camps, especially for the big dogs, can take six plus months. So uh, you know, I, I'm a, I think. My takeaway from the trilogy that we've seen so far between these two is I've got a greater respect for Dustin Poirier. He's very much a family man. He's a classy guy. He's very well-spoken in his, in his post-fights. He's respectful. Uh, and again, so I think, I think I'm kind of teetering towards him now and I'm becoming more of a Dustin Poirier fan. Yeah, I, I'm going to probably be on pop though. I'm just tired of Conor McGregor's act, if you will, and which is, is what it is. It's an act. It I just felt like forced. It. it felt yeah. forced in this third yeah. fight, especially leading up to it. Whereas in the past, you could kind of feel the passion a little bit and it felt yeah. genuine. It, it felt a little disingenuous this time. It felt like more, hey, I'm trying to promote the fight, which of course we know they're always trying to do that. But it yeah. felt like that even more so this time around. So again, that's part of the business. I thought the fight card as a whole was really entertaining. I know Craig stayed up and watched all of it. But, uh, you know, it's that's fighting. You know, you're going to have polarizing figures like McGregor and you either, you either love him or you hate him. Yeah, yeah. Uh just like everything else, we're way off topic again. That is On the Points, brought to you by sportsinteraction.com slash Wally Mathak. Go to sportsinteraction.com. They are Canada's odds makers. Um, okay, so, Math, I don't know if you know this or not, but we're being shown, like, we're worldwide now. So, uh, I looked it up the mm. other day. We have been downloaded in 50 different countries, and including, like, mm. the Seychelles for whatever reason. Um, nice. So, basically, you're going to become the next David Hasselhoff. Uh, you're going to be huge. What? In Germany, like, and I, that's like, true. Actually, that's yeah, true. He is huge in G Germany. Yeah. Germany, and I think is number five on our list of downloads. And it's clearly because Tim Stutzla and Christoph Schubert are watching uh, every episode. Uh, but we're also big in Russia. And I think it's because, you know, it got to do with our favorite Russian shark, uh, Igor Sokolov. Uh, here he is in the latest edition of From Russia with Sokolov, presented by Faces Magazine.
just want to let you know the stuff I've been working on over the summer, you know, like I got a good program and uh, I've been able to go on the ice with my brother and a couple other guys from KHL and uh, working out as well. So, you know, the stuff obviously is like skating and uh, my ability, you know, turn quicker and uh, change the direction quicker. So the main focus uh, of the ice is basically, you know, Try to get used to move, moving my, my legs fast, changing direction fast, and obviously working on my strength and uh, power. But the main focus for me is always going to be is you know changing changing the direction quick and uh, you know my edges and stuff. So it's something I've been focusing on over the last month, and uh, I think I you know made a huge strides in improving. So you know I got almost two two months to go, and uh, you know I'm excited what's going to happen and uh, how much better I can get. As always, another great job by Igor Sokolov. We're going to have to get him back on the show, Matt, just to talk to him about his summer and what's been going on and uh, to get his thoughts on lots of stuff. He, he's got great, great opinions, so I'd be, like, uh, interested to see what he's got to say. Yeah, he's a beauty. And I think I think as we move forward here, of course, we're both huge fans of his. I hope, yeah. I hope he makes a good push for a spot on this team. I know it's going to be difficult with a lot of young players, but he's, in, he's put himself in a great spot after this past season. And now that we're seeing his personality unfold a little bit more, I think it just makes him more likable. Yeah, for sure. I can see a bunch of Sokolov jerseys in the stands eventually here at some point. Um, <laughs> once again, we, we're making Craig do all kinds of work today. Uh, let's bring Craig back in. Uh, maybe do uh, a bit of trivia and maybe some fan questions if there's any questions left for us, because I'm sure they were mostly for Elliot today. Yeah, yeah, there's a, there's a couple there, but I like your idea of knocking some trivia out here first because we got some stuff to give away. So uh, today's trivia served up by our friends at Pizza Forno. Pizza Forno is a 24-hour automated pizzeria making tasty artisanal pizzas in three minutes, guaranteed fresh ingredients, never frozen. Two locations in Ottawa, 33 Clarence Street and 1159 Bank Street. We got five pizzas up for grab today. Uh, so you're going to win it. You're going to score a code for up to five. You can use... One at a time, you can host a pizza party that I would probably attend. Uh, <laughs> check out their full menu, uh, menu online at uh, pizzaforno.com. So we're going to go back to our Trent Man episode, which was awesome. I loved it, by the way, boys. Um, and uh, Brent, you had asked him kind of maybe who is our player that he raved about drafting or that he yeah. had a soft spot for drafting. And the answer, Drake Batherson, he rattled off a lot of reasons why, right? East Coast was was one. Uh, so he, he's, uh, they've kind of always had a little special tie there. Um, so shout out to at Josh Moscovich, uh, who got that one correct on Twitter. And uh, so shout out to you. You're going to be sliding into those DMs and you got some pizzas coming your way, Josh. So uh, psyched for him. And uh, thanks to our sure. friends at Pizza Forno, yeah, for hooking us up. Man, I love giving away pizza. Yeah. That's good stuff, everybody, because it can't go wrong. Everybody loves it. You get to pick yeah. toppings. Three minutes. I got three minutes for pizza. So, yeah, it's good stuff. It's now. a super food. Now, Matt, do you have – have we discussed topics on your pizza? Uh, if you could pick like, three topics, what would you put? Did you say uh, topics? Toppings. Topics. Oh, sorry. Yeah, toppings. I'm all over the place. Sorry. I was worried we were going okay. to have to have another conversation. But, yeah, topics. Yeah, I'm, uh, <laughs> I'm pretty simple. I'm pepperoni, uh, green olives, and mushrooms are, like, my staples. And then I'll add jalapenos or whatever else. But, yeah, I'm a – I don't add fruit. I can eat it. I don't, I'll eat anything, but uh, typically I'm, I'm a savory guy. I like the, the salty stuff, like the pickles and the uh, olives and the mushrooms and all that stuff. You put pickles on your pizza? No, I don't put it on pickles. Okay. Uh, excuse me. I don't put it on pizza. I just meant I really yeah. gravitate towards that when I'm snacking in the kitchen before dinner and stuff. But yeah, on pizza, it's all the basics. Oh, I don't like green olives. I think they might be one no? of the worst foods ever. Yeah. Oh, wow. No. Okay. Brent, what, do you get on, what, do you, what do you get on your pizza, Brent? Are you a simple I'm like boy? A, 
Yeah, like a deluxe guy, like green pepper, okay. uh, yeah. mushroom, bacon, pepperoni. But sure. yeah, don't like, so we'll have to get in our family half with olives, half without, because I can't do olives. Yeah, we do that too. We, we, I can't, like my wife, like she won't go near a mushroom. So mushroom, I double it up on my half and she'll, you yeah. know, and then occasionally the odd mushroom kind of trickles its way over to her side <laughs> and it, it just ruins her evening. So there we go. Okay. So, so again, way off topic. I don't like my, I, I will have them on my pizza or whatever, but I will, if I can pick them out, I will. Cause when I was really young for like five years old, maybe my sister gave, told me like, Hey, this is a potato chip. And it was a toadstool from outside, which basically looks like a mushroom. Right. So I ate mm. it and then had to have my stomach pumped out. So I'm not nice. a big mushroom guy. Yeah. <laughs> That's a legitimate yeah. reason. So I can, See, yeah. I don't, I can't even chirp you for that. That sucks. Traumatized. That's yeah. 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 Sorry. Right. Anyway, Craig. Sorry. Yeah, boys. I have some bad. I have a little bit of bad news. It's not bad. It's not totally bad news. But Igor Sokolov is he's back in Canada now. So that's. Oh. I think that's our last one from Russia. So I might oh. try and convince him to maybe rename it and we get some updates from. Yeah, you know, I want here. more. Yeah, I want more Sharkalov updates. We can I have think, them from Ottawa at this point. Who cares? Yeah, exactly. I don't think it's a location-based segment. I think uh, I think it's, it's an the Igor. personality-based segment. Well, now, yes. now he's in Cape Breton. He can just sit by the water and show us how beautiful the Cape Breton coast is. So, yeah, yeah that's fair. I'm all for it. That's fair. Right. I also, and this is just for the live crowd if they're listening, I think when he comes back in Ottawa, we might show him some of the sights of the city, maybe take him to some spots. So uh, we might ask for a little bit of help in the future to see if anybody has any spots or food or, or whatever you'd like to see Igor Sokolov review or just enjoy. Like, I think we might, don't tell anyone, I think we might try and do that at some point here too. Cool. I mean, we got to start getting back, get it back in the world here, boys. A lot of Zoom yeah, these yeah. days. Yeah, yeah. yeah see some people in person. So yeah. Anyways, good good stuff from him. He's the best. Uh, did you hear the thing that he's been doing? Uh, he watches like people play uh, NHL twenty one simulations yeah. for for the Senators. Isn't that amazing? So he's wow. watching people play out simulated seasons of the Ottawa Senators and like messaging them. He's the best man. That guy's funny. So anyways, he's funny. Should... I do enjoy him. Yeah, good stuff there. Okay, so for fan questions today, you know what? You guys, you guys answered so many of them with uh elliot um there was just a varying degrees of that one thing i think people have been asking about is just they've been we're going back to pierre mcguire here for a second we kind of heard elliot's thoughts on it do you guys yeah. do you guys have a take on this and i think what i'd like to do and this is not putting you on the spot or anything what's something that you're positive about and what's something that maybe you're concerned about because i think there's times where maybe we get accused of leaning one way or another positive or negative just give me both what's something that you're excited about and go i like this and what's something where you're like ah, i'm a little hesitant on this do you, do you guys have any any of those? I don't want to put you on the spot to like trash the movie. That wasn't the point. No, no, like, I, I, something... I'll go first. Yeah, go ahead. So, so when it comes to Pierre, uh, I've known him since 1997 when he first started in broadcasting. I've known him a long time. He's very smart and very passionate. What we've talked about. Uh, he's all in, which is a, a, again, like you want people that want to do the job and want to sacrifice to make it happen. So uh, there's no question he will devote every, devote every minute he can to it. The one question I have is, when you're in the media for 25 years saying this and that about a player or this and that, it's fine. There are no consequences to you saying this is a good guy or this is a bad guy. But when you're in management and you're making moves and decisions on players, then it's live fire and you have to figure out how it is that they're going to work in your team. And so that becomes a whole different world that you have to fall under. Now, I, I don't have a problem with the hire. It, it doesn't like I'm not up against it. I, I don't I'm not pro yay or pro nay i just like i would like to see how it's going to play out yeah okay. I, I agree on so you know and wally for me it's simple i, I just my experiences with pierre have been very positive 
I still remember him pulling me aside during the New York series in the 2017 run. He was covering us then and nothing but positive things. He actually went out of his way to pull me aside and he had some very kind stuff to say about my game and where I was at. And that's kind of just left that positive memory of Pierre Maguire in my mind. I know sure. he's polarizing. There's, he doesn't even have social media, but there are some, some people are very vocal uh, online with their disdain towards him. And sometimes it might not be warranted. Sometimes maybe it is a little bit, you know, I don't know. But, but from my experience with him, it's nothing but positive. And that's my real answer. And every time I hear him on the radio or on television, you can hear his passion come through. You can see that he genuinely loves the game of hockey and he, it, it's consumed him. It's his life. And that's a yeah. good thing. You know, you know, if and, you're going to put a guy like that in a management position in your front office who literally lives and breathes the game of hockey and has a, has a Rolodex worth of knowledge as far as yeah. prospects go and draft picks, Wally, just like you just talk, touched on for me, it's a good thing. I don't see an issue with it. Uh, you know, I don't care if anybody, you know, if you're, if you are, if you're somebody out there listening and you might have a negative spin on this, I can't back that up because to me, it's a good hire. He's, he's a positive guy. He'll be very contagious as far as his positive positivity yep. and energy goes around the room. It's a good hire. So I, that, that'll be he, my take. I can't really think of too many negatives. I have, like Wally, you said, I haven't seen what he's like in a, in that, in that environment, as far as yeah. an office position goes. But again, at this point, Ottawa needed more eyeballs and they finally have some and a legitimate person that knows a lot about the game. And you talk about him being polarizing. And one of the reasons is because he strongly believes in what he says. So if he says yeah. something and you don't agree with, then people tend to have form an opinion like, I can't stand him or I like him because right. I'm on board with him. Don Cherry was the same way. There's lots of people that are the same way. And, and because you've reached the top of being at you know, the pinnacle of NBC Sports and you're the lead guy, you draw a lot of attention when you stick your neck out and have yeah. opinions. And that's what yeah. he's done. So the whole all the, I guess, the polarizing stuff and how people perceive him doesn't necessarily mean who he is, but it also means he believes strongly in what he says and what he does. Yeah, and, and, and my, last, my last thought, basically kind of repeating myself, but I can't stress this enough. I, I, he's, he's a very nice man. He's a very yeah. good person. He's a very positive guy. And if you've ever heard him on the radio or on television, you can honestly, you can, you can hear that come through. So again, I think people need to not jump to conclusions here and rush to judgment. Like you just mentioned, Wally, let it let the process kind of happen a little bit. Let's see how he does, and let's see how the team does, and then we can start kind of pointing fingers when that time comes. Yep. Fair. I thought Elliot did a good job kind of talking about um, personas. Like he talked about kind of like, I, I don't think the Sens hired the TV Pierre Maguire to yell and scream and be zany in the office. Like I don't think, I think they're hiring him for his his thoughts and his whatever and, and experience yeah. and those types of things. So, I mean, I think yeah. that's where some of the lines can get blurred. Like if you're just expecting a wacky guy to, to make yeah. – say crazy things like that's not that's not what they need that's not what they're looking for i think they're just they're right. looking for somebody who's got a name value that comes with a little bit of respect that comes with i don't know so i think that's kind of the move i don't i don't mean i don't have a problem with it i think those are the kind of moves that hopefully like one day we don't even have to think about like we don't think right. we, it doesn't matter who those people are like i think it should matter what happens on the ice so i mean all these guys are gonna have the opportunity to do that and they're starting with a pretty good uh pretty good roster here so I think it's I think it's a positive. I mean, it's it's nice to see fans pretty psyched about it too, for the most part. And I mean, if you're not, like, at least enjoy the chaoticness of it, right? If they did hire the TV, who knows? So, I think if you're a Sens fan, this is one of those those decisions where it's like, you know what? Chaotically, uh, it's going to be fun regardless. You'll either win or you'll lose, and that that wouldn't that would happen with or without Pierre Maguire. So, yeah, I, I think that uh, yeah, I think it's uh, hey, you know what? It's a Monday in July. 
uh, they're dropping Sens news, man, I don't hate that. So I don't have to report it anymore. <laughs> so it's nice to, we had a great, we had a live show time today. I thought Elliot came in and did a, did a nice yeah. job for us there. So is there anything else we want to wrap yep. up with here, boys? Uh, I think yeah, no, no, questions. you guys the, did a great job. So yeah, it's been a, it's been a great show. Those are the fan questions brought to you by Gong Show. We have a July sale on their website right now, gongshowgear.com. Um, and again, special thanks to Elliot Friedman for stopping by. Uh, also, if you want to order some mugs and T-shirts, which apparently I have to send now to Elliot, uh, go to our website, wallimathought.com. Uh, guys, another show in the books, and I think this one uh, was outstanding. So, Matt, uh, thanks for yeah, thanks for stopping by, and uh, we will see you next time. But for now, that's the Wally Mathot Show, powered by Barhaven Ford. Time for us to drive on out of here. deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM.